Welcome to the Convos with the CHO podcast. All right, my name is Edwin Edebury and I am the Chief Happiness Officer with the I Am Happy Project and also the Happy Neighborhood Project. It is very exciting for me today to have a special guest. So this is part of the way where we are kind of spreading happiness into the community. And my special guest for today is Kimberly Brenner. Kimberly Brenner is a licensed clinical social worker, relationship coach, intuitive energy worker, practicing for more than 30 years. Okay, folks, so there's a lot of experience coming here. Happily married for 43 plus years to Stephen. She helped couples figure out how to relate to being married. So today, folks, you can kind of sense already what the topic is going to be, and we're going to talk about relationship and happiness. Kimberly, welcome to the call. Thank you. Thank you so much, and thanks for being the chief happiness officer bringing and spreading happiness everywhere. Absolutely. Well, we need happiness now more than ever, especially with all the stuff that's going on in the world. So we have to be the happiness that the world needs. We're going to talk about relationship, and this is something you have focused on for a really long time. And and so so I want you to kind of break it down. You know, you look at it from two perspectives. Can you kind of share that with the audience? Well, uh, so many people come to me, for the marriage counseling, and I tell them I I don't do marriage counseling, even though I work with couples, I help them relate to being married. And the components, typically it's like, well, I'm not happy. And there was a research done saying, interviewing people, what's the number one reason for divorce? And 70% of them cited, I'm not happy. And then the researchers followed these people five years later and reached out to the 70% who got a divorce because they weren't happy, Uh, they found that 70% of that population said they still weren't happy. And that was five years later. So they got a divorce because they weren't happy, and yet five years later, they're still not happy. So this pursuit of happiness and tied in with being married or being with somebody So if that's one of the biggest reasons people are giving and citing for divorce, then we got our work cut out for her, don't we? We sure do. We sure do. And and, and I know when you're talking relationship, you know, marriage is definitely a crucial part of it, but also it applies to folks who are boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, who are in any kind of relationship. And and so one of the things that fascinated me when we were talking, you break it down into internal and external. Can you touch on that for us? Absolutely. Like you said at the beginning of your talk today, where where circumstances create our happiness. So that's the external. So when we're with somebody and they're, they're complimenting us or they're gazing into our eyes and you can't wait to see them, this external person is or external circumstances, oh, I can't wait to go on this date with this person. I hope he likes me. We get this sense of feeling happy, but, it's, but it really is about this other person. And then you have what Marcy Scheinkoff calls it, happy for no reason, where it's how do you develop that internal sense, the internal sense of being happy. And so often when I get couples in my office, it's, 
she's unhappy and the poor husband who's desperately trying to make her happy just can't figure it out. How do I make her happy? Because when a man feels I can't make the woman, I can't make my bride happy, he tells me I feel like a failure. I'm failing my wife. I can't make them happy. So either they work harder or whatever it is that they think will make them happy. And women don't know internally what does make them happy. They haven't taken the time to really explore. And then after they figured out what really makes them happy, how do they communicate that to their mate, to their husband, to their partner, to their boyfriend? So that the boyfriend, partner, mate, whatever, knows exactly what to do, like hits a bullseye every time. And then that makes the partner feel successful. Like I was able, and we do this everywhere, not just in the relationship of male-female relationship, but we even do this at work. Like how do I get my boss to like me? How do I feel happy at work? Well, when my boss likes me and we're communicating in the same area, uh, then I feel happy because I'm not going to get fired. Right. Or I'm doing a good job. Or I'm doing a good job. So those are all external. But this internal, so, so I come up with a, a simple thing that people can do to begin to build that internal muscle. And that is every day, say seven new things that make you happy. And it's pretty simple. So for example, things that you either see visually, like I live in El Paso and there's these amazing mountains. I'm surrounded by the Franklin Mountains. Or if I go up to Las Cruces, there's these Oregon mountains that are just breathtaking. And I look at them and I go, oh, those mountains make me happy. And then I'll look and and see the sun shining through my window and I'll go, oh, that sun makes me happy. Or I'll do something internal and think a thought and go, cotton candy makes me happy. Or whatever it is. But seven new things every day. So you've got to stretch. Most people can easily figure what does make them happy and say that. But what if we could say, this cold this morning makes me happy. Getting to stay home from work because I'm sick makes me happy. What if we could make everything around us into something, into transforming it into something that makes me happy? And that's when we start exercising that internal ability to find our happiness. Wow. So we're not always relying so we're not always relying on somebody else making us happy. That is powerful. Now 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 as I'm listening to you, I, I, I quickly observe the simplicity of the suggestion. I think that's what really gets most of us in trouble because it sounds too simple. It's kind of like, oh, give me a break. If it was like that, everybody should be happy, you know? Why, why do why, why those things that make us really happy are some of the simplest stuff? I agree. But if we're, if we're thinking what makes me happy is a raise, we, or what makes me happy is um, buying a, a new car. All of these things are external. And if they don't happen, if I don't get a raise, or if I don't have the money or I don't get the financing to buy my new car, what happens to my sense of happiness? It's tied up 
to something external. Right. And we lose a sense of our power. There's no power in that. The power is given to someone else or something else to make us happy. But there is a balance of both, I think. So it's not just, oh, I'm just going to make myself happy and I don't need anything or anybody. I don't agree with that either. Neither do I. Right. So it really is a balance and to surround yourself with things. So I want to change something in the bio that you read about me. I had my 44th wedding anniversary two days ago. Congratulations. So I'm married for 44 years now to Stephen. And there are things about Stephen that don't make me happy. But what I do, (laughs) but what I do, because if I focus on the things that annoy me or bother me, then I lose my sense of happiness, I lose my sense of patience, I lose my connection to him. So I focus on things that he's doing. And I call it in my in my ebook the, the seven conversations that make a good marriage great. The conversation is called the, con- the conversation of greatness. So I think in terms of what's great about my husband, what do I like about my husband? And then I start saying it, just like I do the seven things that make me happy, I start looking for the things that he does or even doesn't do that I like. So, you know, what I like awesome. about my husband is that he reads my cues so well and knows when I need his help that I don't have to ask him. What I really like about my husband is that he tolerates my moodiness at times. And then all of a sudden, I feel more connected to him, and that leads to more of a sense of contentment, which I like to use synonymously with happy. I don't have to be bubbly happy, but when I'm content, I'm happy. Absolutely. Well, Kim, I want to leave it there. I want to say thank you very much. I think from what you just, you know, say right now, somebody can find the seven things that they like about their significant other. Somebody can find the seven things that they like about their boss. Somebody can find the seven things they like about their sister or brother. I think that can all be applied to any kind of relationship. Folks, this is powerful. I want to say thank you so much. Folks, here is the deal, though. You can find more information about Kimberly Brenner on our website. If you go to IamHappyProject.org, her information is under a feature coach because she's one of our feature coaches, or you can go to the Happy Button app, and her information is on the app under the Happy Coaches. And by the way, folks, remember she suggests, you know, write down seven things, you know, that, that makes you happy every day where you can actually download the happy button and use the journal to do that and write it uh, and log it in your journal. Now, if you like to write, then write it on a piece of paper, whatever. Get in the habit of doing that, and I think that will be really, really powerful. Again, folks, thank you for your patience. I, I, I hope that you know this was worth it. You know, there's some tidbits that you can take away, not only use throughout this coming week, but you can use throughout the month and you can use throughout the rest of your life. Kimberly Brenner, thank you again for those wonderful insights. Thank you, Edwin. Have a happy day. Okay.
episode is over. Every good thing has to come to an end. Please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It will mean a whole lot to me. Till next time, stay happy.